Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Do you think I deserve your full attention? That's what I like to hear. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen, and I'm your host, Max. And today, we are going to be having a little bit of a different vibe. Uh, for the first few minutes here, Gideon will not be uh, in the booth, but he will be coming in very shortly. But I'm going to be leading us into our first review, uh, which is the new Ghostbusters movie. And then later, when Gideon is in here, we'll continue that review and then uh, talk about Once Upon a Time in the West, a classic Western by... Uh, oh, I'm missing the name here. Oh, my God. <laughs> All the classic film buffs are going to, like, kill me here. But uh, first off, we're talking about Ghostbusters uh, because I'm mo- much more of a modern movie guy. Gideon's definitely more the classic movie dude. He was uh, the one who chose the Western. But uh, with the new Ghostbusters, it's in theaters right now. I think it was solid. Uh, if you're wondering if you should watch this... First off, if you liked the first Ghostbusters, the number one, uh, you know, the number one in the whole trilogy that came before this, I guess, if you count the 2016 all-female cast Ghostbusters as part of that, then uh, if you like that first one, you're definitely going to like this one. There's probably more callbacks to that than Ghostbusters 2. Um, It kind of picks up where everybody's life uh, like where they've gone and how they've evolved. And uh, it mostly focuses on uh, on Harold Ramis's character, who now is living out in the middle of Oklahoma, kind of doing his own thing. We don't know exactly what, but it's kind of a mystery of what was going on with him. And then he obviously, uh, he dies. I mean, it, it's not a really a big spoiler. It's in like the first 30 seconds of this film. But uh, as... We go on, we try and kind of try to figure out what he was doing because it, we see that there was some sort of plan in place that he had out there, but we don't know what. And then his family is going out there, uh, a family that he essentially abandoned, uh, and they're trying to kind of pick up the pieces of his life. Uh, you see that his daughter is kind of in financial strain at the moment, and now she is uh, just trying to salvage what she can out there. And she has two kids that are very much like him, and one is, you know, I mean, I think they do a great job casting with this because they both look uh, like they definitely could be like the grandkids of Harold Ramis. Uh, one is really, really smart. And then the other one is just kind of this um, kind of awkward teenager. And it's it's kind of a fun dynamic. Honestly, those kids are the best part. Um, you see them kind of in like summer school for a little, or the, the daughter who's really smart, she... Uh, She's in summer school for a little bit and clearly is doesn't need it, I guess, because she's kind of leaps and bounds ahead of everybody. I can't remember the exact reason why they have her in that. Uh, but then that's where she meets Paul Rudd's character, who is a seismologist out in there. And it's and also, I guess, a, a summer school teacher. So he kind of does both. But um, it's a lot of fun. I, if you're going into this expecting Paul Rudd to be in this a whole ton... I'm sorry to tell you, you're going to be a little disappointed. I mean, he's in it, and he's in it a substantial amount, but he's he's a secondary character for sure. The main focus is definitely on the brother-sister, uh, who are the grandchildren of, of Ramus's character. And 
it it definitely goes well beyond what I thought this movie would uh, in terms of like good storytelling and good action. And I, I don't know what I was expecting with this. I, I've never been a huge Ghostbusters fan before uh, before seeing this film. And and this one is definitely my favorite of all of the ones that have come out before this. It it just has this fun, modern vibe to it, but it, it, it doesn't feel too detached given the, the massive span of time between uh, the first two Ghostbusters movies and this. Um, it kind of has that same comedic uh, stylings and, I don't know, just, just has fun with the, with the concept of it. And they, they seem to just kind of know right, what, uh, right where to go with this, kind of how to pick up from where it left off with those first two movies. And um, they had a very clear vision of where they wanted this movie to go and the kind of vibes it wanted to put out. Uh, it it really was just a standout film, in my opinion. I liked the music. Uh, the the visuals are great. Sound design is really cool. Um, though at some points in this movie, uh, the sound design kind of almost makes it very predictable. Uh, with certain things like it doesn't really have jump scares. And I know, I think kind of in the first Ghostbusters, there might have been like one or two minor ones. Um. This one has like one or two, but they're very minor and it's very easy to kind of anticipate it because clearly you can tell that like the background noise and everything just gets toned down and it's almost noticeable. So I don't know if that's really a good thing or a bad thing here in terms of like how their audio balancing was throughout this film, but um, very predictable kind of loud moments. And, uh, but, but it, it, there's also some, some, Plot issues I came across when I was watching this. I don't know how far I want to go into them just to avoid spoilers because this is a very new film. But there were there were some things that didn't really make a ton of sense. I mean, they could kind of be explained away after like looking back at it, but it it was kind of a stretch. Like certain characters in this do things that just um, don't really make a hundred percent sense, and just kind of felt like they were just trying to push the story along at moments. And I don't know. It's just, it, it is kind of weird the way that they handled certain things in this. Um, not to mention there are some inconsistencies towards the very end of this film that were also kind of a big plot hole. And, and people who've seen this might have already picked up on it. Usually I'm not the the most detailed watcher of, of films, but this one uh, definitely had a plot hole that just seemed to, bother me that and it was a plot hole that doesn't change the end of the film it just would have removed a kind of heartwarming scene because of the logic of it so it's kind of hard to describe now here's my co-host coming in uh, <laughs> and he's ready to rock and roll here it looks like Gideon welcome back to the show how are you doing I'm doing great awesome man glad to have you here I was just kind of like Oh my gosh, where do I keep going? I have nobody to bounce some of these ideas off of. Uh, I was just getting into like some of the the plot contrivances of uh, the Ghostbusters movie, at least oh, towards yeah. the end. And uh, I don't. I'm not trying to get into spoilers here, but yeah. would you agree that there is definitely like one bit of logic that kind of didn't make sense? I didn't see the, Ghostbusters. You didn't? Mm -mm. Oh, I thought we, that's what we were discussing for this for this episode here for that one movie. But all right, if I thought you we were doing Gucci. 
We're not doing House of Gucci? No, we're doing Ghostbusters. Oh, we oh, saw, we saw we two, reverse. We saw we two different reverse. movies. Well, here's what we can do, though. <laughs> we, well, we, well, well, here's the thing. We can still do Police Story. Oh, sure. Yeah. All right, so we'll do Police Story. But now, now uh, for the people who've been listening to me just going on like a six-minute rant here on Ghostbusters. House uh, of Gucci. Quick <laughs> review. Three words. Or two words. Not good. Moving on. That's three words, Gideon. That's not good. Moving on. <laughs> Not, that's four words, actually. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Oh, man. I'm out of it, dude. <laughs> welcome back to the show. Yes, welcome back to Script the Screen. All right. Wonderful. This is this part definitely feels like it's a blooper reel uh, section of an episode here, but uh, everybody's listening live, so <laughs> welcome. And now we can actually get going. We'll start with, uh, well, which one do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Police Story, or do you want to start with uh, Once do, Upon a Time in the let's West? Let's do Once Upon a Time in the West first, yeah. Okay. I was not expecting this to be like a three-hour movie. I, you it's know, like 2.45. Yes. Okay. Excuse me. We're no, splitting no, hairs over no, 15 yeah, minutes. Splitting hairs. I mean, splitting hairs. At the speed at which he does the opening credits, I can only assume the end oh, credits man. were just as long. Cause, oh, oh man. my gosh. I was actually really, really pleased with this film. It's, it's amazing. I think it might be the best Western ever made. It's up there. It's definitely up there. I don't know. I like modern westerns more. Like I definitely love Django. I really love the aesthetics and and a lot of the interesting story choices of uh, of Hateful Eight. But um, yeah, and, and and heck, I even like some of the bits about uh, about cowboys and aliens. But <laughs> I don't know. I've never been a big the fan of classic westerns just because I feel like they're always kind of slow. They always seem kind of one note. Uh, definitely the John Wayne ones were more that way than this one was. Uh, so Sergio Leone, I mean, I right? I wouldn't say that, but yeah. Sergio I, I Leone, drew a blank Ser on the name, but I just yeah. remembered it now. No, it's it's Sergio Leone, and he he really does have... So he's he's the basically figurehead of the Spaghetti Western. Mm -hmm. um, and the Spaghetti Western, I think, f historically, um, some people, in terms of, in terms of like really Western fans... Um, some Western fans like don't like spaghetti Westerns specifically because the Western is a very American thing, and uh, a lot of Westerns are very specifically about America uh, mm -hmm. and 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 the nature of America. I'm like you know, Unforgiven stuff like that. Um, and and so when you have Westerns that are made not in America, it's like how well can they actually actually be a Western at that point? I don't really care because Leone's eye for Westerns or for the Western landscape, it, it's, it's on, it's unmatched. Um, even his eye, his eye for close-ups, like I feel like 137 to one, the Academy ratio, I think is, is just in general, the best aspect ratio for faces um, just because it, it, it fits the face the best. The way Leone films faces in two thirty-five to one aspect ratio, I don't know how he does it, but he—he's the—he's the best at it mm. than anybody. I definitely at felt framing this, a face. I definitely felt this movie was a cut above most classic westerns in terms of the filming style. Like it was—if I can notice it, then like everybody can notice it. That this is like something definitely special about it's it. It's very special, and I. <laughs> well, and that's the thing about what that's the thing about spaghetti westerns is a lot of times American westerns are going to be filmed on sound stages. Hollywood westerns, a lot of, I mean, not all, not always, but a lot of times are going to be sound stages. Spaghetti westerns almost entirely on location. I mean, yes, yeah, sometimes they are filmed on sound stages, but I mean, that was kind of the advantage of like Hollywood and stuff. It right. wasn't that no, far of a drive to bring all that all your your set stuff right. out to like I'm not, I'm open not saying areas. it's 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 necessarily even a bad thing. Yeah. Um, 
or entirely a bad thing at least, but I'm just saying that that's kind of the way, the nature of the Spaghetti Western. I suppose that the synonymous like visual of classic Hollywood was always like somebody riding a fake horse and there was like a rotating background, you know, mm -hmm. uh, behind them. That's, that's always used in at least cartoons I've seen, but I, I think I've seen some movies too that reference those kind of things. But I don't know, like what was the other one we watched? Uh, the the John Wayne one, uh, the Searchers. Yeah, Searchers. So that one, a lot of that was like out there in the in. Yeah, but there are there there are there are some soundstage stuff. Then again, though, in Searchers, I mean, there are cars in the background, so I mean, <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe they didn't go far enough out, but <laughs> they maybe. they did it well enough. Um, but this definitely, I, I, I thought mean, visually it was awesome. I think sound design is incredible. Like if you need a better example of good sound design and, and it's the best. It, like watch the opening, you just need the first 10 minutes mm -hmm. and you're like, all right, really solid. That's a, the, it's a, it's literally a 10 minute masterclass in sound design. Like you watch really that and you, you watch that and then you know, sound design. Yeah, Not really, pretty but, much. And then know. also the use of it when you see the the family that gets that gets murdered. I mean, the, the when they cut yeah. off the cicadas, and then all of a sudden it comes back it's in. It's so and amazing. Like I got chills, dude. I mean, and that kind of gives you a little bit of the story. Is mm -hmm. that the, basically the family gets murdered, um, and basically the 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 bride. The the bride to be or you know They're, comes so, in. Well, they already married. She, they, she right, was I was not gonna. His, they don't. I was not gonna give that away. But that's fine. It's yeah. a, how it's old a, is no, this it's, movie? No, it's an old movie. It's fine. We can get into spoilers a little bit. Right, here. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In terms of the story, it's not revealed initially that they were already married. But yes, yeah, so they are. They're basically married. She's coming in to meet him and his family, and then finds out they're all dead. Um, and basically, she has to figure out how to. And then he ends up having. She's in it for the money, basically. Um, even though, and then again, that's something that you kind of have to figure out across the across the story is that whether she is really in it for the money or not. Um, kind of who, she, whether or not she's a good person. Um, but then it all kind of revolves around this this water that's in that's that that's at this place. And so then you've got her. You've got. Um, the Charles Bronson character, you got the Henry Fonda character, and then you have Cheyenne, and all of them kind of relate to this water in different ways, and they're all kind of like either teaming up with her or against her, and it's all, it's just a really great setup in terms of like uh, a character study, because they all have like these philosophical differences with each other, and in terms of, of the, the ranch and the, and the station, and mm -hmm. it just sets up a great, a great uh, One thing, hours. this might also be one of the only times I've ever seen a character like playing an instrument, and it actually is like putting itself into the store. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, it's awesome. I love that. It also got a little annoying, though, because I'm like, all right, Charles Bronson, like, do you know more than the three notes you're oh. doing the whole time? Like, can we get, like, some, you know, Camptown Ladies in here or something, you know, like, some other tunes, well, bro? Like, I, the thing that I love about the harmonica so much, I mean, and his name, I think he's, he lists his harmonica basically is his name, um, what they call him. Mm, um, kind of like defense is, sure. uh, is uh, what's his name's? In, in falling mm. down, they they call him. Oh, that. I haven't seen falling down yet. Um, but but the harmonica comes in between diegetic and non-diegetic, um, so you don't really know whether or not he's actually playing it any in any given moment. So there's times where they they mix it just in part of the score, mm -hmm. and then there's times where he's where you see him actually playing it, and it mixes in and out of both of them. And I and I think that's really great. Him fate pretending to play it, because yeah. <laughs> he's never even like moving it. He's just like has his hands around the, this harmonica and is. You just, can play, but can you shoot? Yeah, 
There's no, you, there's so there many great lines in this lines. movie. I, I was, will admit that. I was so surprised because I watched this maybe a few, few months ago, a year ago. Play, plays when he should talk and he talk, talks, talks when, when he, he should, should play. play. Like, <laughs> like that was really good. Or my favorite is um, I saw three of these dusters a short time ago. They were waiting for a train. Inside the dusters, there were three men. Inside those. Inside the men. <laughs> three bullets. There were three bullets. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. That's <laughs> so awesome. Like, there's so many of, so much of that in this movie. And I did not remember this being that, like, quotable. Because it's not a dialogue-heavy film. So much of it is told visually. Yeah. But, like, the fact that, like, every time there is a line, it's awesome. Like, just serves to even go further how great this movie this is. This movie also is very slap-heavy. <laughs> Have you seen? Yeah. Like, everybody gets slapped. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, what is going on? Like, Charles Bronson gets, like, three, like, really fast. But uh, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know if I've ever seen a main protagonist just get, like, slapped around like that. You yeah. know, it's just kind of funny. But, um... There, you know, the story kind of evolves as it goes on. You're kind of like trying to figure out, like, yeah, like what you're talking about with, um, what's the, what's that family's name? The one that has the ranch. The is it the McBrides? McBains. McBains. All right. So like the the oldest son Mc, of Mc, that. I think it's McBain. I think so. I'm trying to remember exactly. Uh, but the oldest son in that group, like, he gets slapped a couple yeah, times because he's still, like, oh, yeah. isn't happy about his dad, uh, you know, remarrying. He's like, my mom died six years ago and stuff like that. And, <laughs> Yeah, just gives him some five across the cheek there. <laughs> I I'm I'm actually really glad that you liked the opening scene because I think it's one it's one of oh, my it's, it's probably it's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Um, I like, don't know just why that, Charles got off on the other side of the train. Well, to hide himself. nothing there. Yeah. But I mean, all right, fine. He, you know, like, what does he think's gonna happen when the train moves away? If it's if he's trying to hide himself, he's not doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It's just there's some funny, funny choices. But overall, I was very pleased. Just I'm thinking, wow, this is a really beautiful movie. I love some of the shots. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny when the the guy who was taking her to the to the ranch for the first time when he's just like he clearly oh, yeah. hates the railroad. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, they caught up to me. And he just charges through this whole group of people to mm -hmm. just mess with them. I was like, all right, that was a little bit more uh, character to it that they didn't need to add, but I'm glad that they did. Well, and the fact that they uh, that they go off to the this the I don't know if it's a saloon or whatever you want to call it, and, and uh, that's, I would say like a way station yeah, almost, and that's where that's where Cheyenne, Harmonica, and uh, Mrs. McBain all meet for the first time, basically, yeah. and that's kind of where they can converge. And it's it, I mean he's going off there, but it's like still on her way to to the thing, and it's just it's just great writing, really. Yeah, um, I, I just also, another quotable line from there is uh, when he's like, yeah, "I would like to use the the the." bath facilities here, whatever she says, he's like, oh, well, you're in love, you know? We just did one this morning, you'd be the third, third one. one and then she says, um, were they all together or did they do it separately? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was good, man. I, I really do like the writing in that. No, I have a question. So, obviously, yeah. because this is like a, a Spanish... Um, Wait, did you say it, this is... A sp wait, spaghetti, spaghetti Westerns are Italian. Italian, but aren't they usually shot in Spain? Italy. I thought they were shot in Spain usually. Like even they were usually done by Italian directors shot in Spain. I thought they were used like the Spanish wilderness, but I might be wrong. I don't know. They might have been might have been used in Italy, but I uh, uh I know that those both areas kind of have similar climate regions to like, you know, uh yeah, it, Eastern it says, California. Google says generally it can be either okay. Italy or Spain. I I just wasn't 100% sure I think I think they might have shot this one though, it, partially in America. Mm. Um 
I don't really know. But I was gonna... just wondering, did, were they dubbing a lot of the... Yeah. So, were they, I mean, so, because I can um, tell some lines are spoken in English, but like, are other characters spe- speaking in Italian? Like, Oh, so this says that it was shot entirely in Utah and Arizona. Okay. Uh, interesting. Okay. But but I don't think they're... I don't think they're ever on set speaking any different languages in this one. They're just... They're just always redubbing it. Oh, for I just think, better audio quality. And well, whatnot. I think that's just something that Leone does. That's that's a that's a, that's part of the spaghetti western, whether they're speaking a different language or not. Mm. Um, is is and that's something Leone did. Um, was was not was not record. I don't know if he did record on on set or not, but he always redubbed stuff. Um, there's this great video I can send you that Nerdwriter did, um, talking about why he did that. Um, and it's this it's the beginning scene when she first gets off the train. Um, when Jill Fritz gets off the train and she's and he's playing this the music the score on set basically as she's getting off the train so obviously you can't record sound if there's if there's score being played um but she's basically listening to the score and like shaping her own acting emotion choices around the score being played around her so they brought in the band and everything for that no no, no they, I think they so just recorded no, it so, and so it or? that's part that's the other part of it is that is that any more any Marconi who did the score for this movie one of the best composers of all time yeah um he I think the story is he basically recorded oftentimes you know scores recorded after the after the filming is finished yeah. he did the score before the movie and Leone wrote to his score, um, which is just a kind of an unorthodox thing. Um, but again, it, it, it kind of shows in this film specifically um, how that how that emotion of those different aspects, the filming, the acting, and the, the score all kind of are working towards together in a different way than you typically see. Because a lot of times the score can feel, you know, added on after the fact. Here, the score is an integral. It's part of the, it's it's undeniably a part of the organic whole. Mm. Um, as a result, I, you gotta you gotta watch like, the Nerd Writer video. I feel like that'd be so tough to write and and make the music for a movie that isn't even like you can't can't even look yeah. at a scene you don't know well, kind think, of anything about it. It was it, it was must kind of have been concurrently. So he I think he had like the I the the story done. Yeah, but or, just in or terms or of like the he, scene he composition. Told the story yeah. to Marconi then. Yeah, it was it's like, something like that. I don't I mean okay. I don't know what the specifics are, but I mean, it's something because, like that. Like when they did Christine. You know, uh, the book wasn't done being written. The book came out after the film. Like, oh, really? I, like, yeah. So, so they were doing that kind of in tandem with, as the book was kind of being finished up. Now, I know uh, Stephen King writes about seven pages a day for any book that he does, so he just cranks them out like crazy. But, yeah. <laughs> but that one, that one's one of the few where the movie was actually done before the book even came out. Yeah. Um, which which is odd. I, I guess you could say the same about like Star Wars, but those are always the novelizations of the, oh, that doesn't of count, the yeah. film. But all right, uh, do we want to get into our stores of it right away? Sure. Um, first impression is our first category. I was pleasantly surprised by this. I I was definitely more into this than like Searchers or, or something else. And I know we you, we want or we were originally planning on doing that other Netflix uh, one. What was that called? It's called Power of the Dog, and uh, um, I want to know just quickly how how you felt about that film. I I didn't really like it. I again, westerns are such again uh, both uh, America is a huge part of what westerns are, but also masculinity mm. is a huge part of what western westerns are. And either they either the the depiction of positive masculinity or or the way masculinity should be used or the way it is misused. Uh, the thing that I didn't like about Power of the Dog is that it basically says masculinity is itself bad, more or less, mm. which is 
uh, sort of this modern attitude that I uh, yeah, don't you can't subscribe to. Super modern. Um, it, I think the way you put it, modern attitude. Yeah. I, you can't inject that into a period piece when that attitude is non-existent. Right. So basically, and which is the, in terms of like how it's, how it's shot and stuff, I didn't find it, like people are saying that it's like one of the best of the year. I think it's fine in terms of the way that, in terms of the Western aesthetic. It's not, I, I didn't think it was anything mind-blowing. There's some great stuff in there, um, Jane Campion doing. I don't really know her work, but I, I did appreciate her as a filmmaker. She definitely has, an, has a clear voice. Um, I, I just didn't think, in terms of what it actually ends up saying, again, the, the, the vocabulary we use to describe masculinity, and, and it's, it's, it's not that they're wrong in saying that, that, that there's, there's men who are evil and awful. Like, that's not the problem. Like, you can say that, and, and that can be true. It's just I don't like the, the way that we go about doing that because it just is slightly inaccurate, and that ends up causing bigger problems as yeah. a result of that. And this just feels like such a huge political statement to me. Where it's just like, it's... Yeah, yeah. I get you. I, I, it's, to me, it just when I saw that trailer, I wasn't picking up on any of those vibes. It just looked like it was very slow and kind of false advertising itself as like it's, more of an action western. It's not an action western. Okay. It That's is I slower. I didn't, I didn't find it... It wasn't boring. Like, it's an, it's an engaging movie. Mm -hmm. um, not as engaging as Once Upon in the West. Yeah. Um, and there's some interesting turns towards the end. But again, all of these elements just never really coalesced for me. I think Once Upon a Time in the West that we're talking about that is is, is a much better film. Like, yeah. not even much better. Like, it's not even in the same conversation. I'm, I'm happy you kind of pulled, like, gave me that option yeah. to choose between it. And yeah, and I'm a big fan. I like Charles Bronson. I like him in, yeah. in other films. I like his, like, 80s action hero kind of movies more than... I didn't... I, I guess I kind of forgot that he was kind of did some westerns and... Uh, but, I mean, he can he can kind of do anything. He's he's all over. But... Uh, yeah, between this, Magnificent Seven, um, but I mean, Great Escape. He was also in The Dirty Dozen. I've only seen The Great Escape out of the, out of these, but yeah. Great Escape is a great movie. Um, so yeah, at first impression, I was very pleased with this. I liked it a lot. It's up there in my favorite westerns now. Uh, I still think my favorite western of all time is Django Unchained. It's just so much fun, and the action's great, and the story is fantastic, and it just kind of has this interesting aesthetic about it that makes it different but also just super fun to watch and I don't know so I, I would give uh, Once Upon a Time in the West uh, an 8 um, I think I gave this an 8 the first time I watched it mm -hmm. so I mean I can give that as my score I gave it a 10 this most recent time I, I really did love it a lot more um, like the first time I was like the first time I watched this it's like the vibes hit you man I mean I don't mean to sound lame or anything when I say vibes, but like it really is like the first time you watch it, it is like Western, like it's the defining thing of what a Western should feel like, I think, in so many ways, like the, the, the sweat and the dirt and the grime, like it's just so present. Yeah, um, it definitely is less, it definitely looks more it's like- It's not a, polished in any way at all. Yeah, like a more- a yeah, that's a great way to put it because it feels like every one of these towns has been there for a while and it hasn't been up town. Right. It feels then, like, you know. But that's an interesting point though because they're building a new town as we're watching the movie. Yeah. And you've got those like, those, you know, those fresh wood, that fresh wood that's on the, that they have all sitting out. Like it's an interesting contrast. Now I hadn't thought about this before, but like the fact that they have those like, that all that lumber that's just like, it's not grimy. It's just like, here's a blank place of wood. Yeah. Um, in contrast with her older, her older town, her look, older, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. In that first 10 minutes, I mean, just look at that train station, that 
those three guys go there and then they're walking around and hanging out there. I mean, you just look at the boards for that. Those are practically just like half logs mm-hmm. just sliced in half and they just set them down and they just don't, and everything's on level and it just, it just, it really decides to, to play a more authentic role in looking in all this. And I appreciate that. I like when these things try to do a more realistic take on a Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that, and I don't know. I, I've been a big fan of a whole bunch of westerns. My my, I still think my favorite westerns, funny enough, are not true westerns, but like Westworld, <laughs> like the original oh. and the the modern TV show. I think are still my favorites, just because gosh, they look good and they're fun and such a cool concept. I'm trying to think what my favorite western. I mean, other, I think this has to be my favorite western. If we're gonna talk, if we're talking like not true westerns, <laughs> I would say like No Country for Old Men has got to be. Um, like, because that's that's the that's like that's like a modern western, basically. Yeah. Um, more the, or less. The one guy in this that was one of the three guys that was killed immediately almost looks yeah. like the 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 robot that goes bad, it, the 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 gunslinger or whatever they call him. In, That'd be hilarious in, if it was the same person. It is. I mean, I said it would be hilarious if it was. It looks like him. It just looks like they kind of uh, put a lot of makeup on him to make him seem a lot tanner and darker. Uh, <laughs> But it honestly looks just like the same guy. Uh, um, but, all right, next category. Next category good. is story. I liked the story a lot. Um, you know, the the whole concept of like fighting over water and stuff is interesting because mm-hmm. the only other movie I can think of where that's really the main thing is uh, Dune. No, no, not Dune. Not Dune. They're fighting over <laughs> yeah, spice there. Right, but that's true. But I mean, the, water is still a huge aspect of it. And yeah, I mean, water and. They're just recycling sweat, though. All right. Yeah. No, no. I'm talking uh, Quantum of Solace. Water. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember anything about that movie. That, that's like the big thing. Like they lead it in. Like you're thinking, oh, it's in the Middle East and it's for oil. No, the resource they're fighting for in that whole thing is water, hmm. because there's this huge aquifer that they find, and that's like the super valuable currency there, because it's like this huge source. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I did like the story. I thought. They, they kind of, by making you think it's like going to be gold or something, and then you find out that is a, is a good switch. So yeah, I, I'm, again, going to probably give it a, I'm actually, I'm probably going to give it a eight. I don't know. Some some things about Charles Bronson's character just were like, eh, whatever. But the, yeah. right, but the other characters around him, I feel like, are the ones that are the real stars. Yeah. Well, in terms of like cinema, the way that a story plays out, is almost as integral to the story itself, if that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you're going to watch the things play out over time is part of the story. Yeah, like would Dunkirk be as effect- right, exactly. as fun like to watch if it was all linear? Right, or, or, or just in terms of like, not even just that, but also just in terms of like how like he... In, in, in the individual sequences, how, he, how long he plays a shot for, or like how long you're going to... Um, what's the sequence itself, and that's that's the way that he's telling the story. Yeah. Um, more so, more so even than like what happens. Like they get off the beach. Like that's what happens. But like that's not the entire story. Um, like the story is bigger than that and more complex than that because of the visual language he's using. Um, same thing here. What's the story? She gets the the station. Um, but there's more things going on there in terms of character, in terms of. Uh, visual language. Um, and again, Sergio Leone's language, so much of this plays out in close-up, like I said, which I, again, 
I think I've said before in terms of like directors don't use close up carefully. They often play close ups for no reason. They often have uh, things being close up that should be in a medium shot. Often, like almost a lot of times, especially in like these modern blockbusters and stuff. Um, Leone plays close ups to examine the character's face and their eyes. Like there's a one close up at the end of the movie where it's literally just Charles Bronson's eyes alone in the frame. And it's just like man like that is the type of thing where it's like it's emotion and character and like the like it's it's real um again along with the grime and dirt so in terms of the way this story plays out regardless of all the complexities about like the symbolism of water whatever you want to argue about it like just the way that it, like it, it i don't i don't want to say the style is substance or yeah the style is substance argument that's not what I'm necessarily what i'm trying to say but it just in terms of put it, try, putting it into words, like this story is just fa is fabulous. Like it's 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 the best. Yeah. Um, I'm going nine or ten. I might go ten. All right, go ten. I'm going yeah. nine. I'm I going nine, just because in terms of like uh, greater philosophical ambitions, I'm not quite grasping it at this point. Um, I don't quite get the ideas in terms because like there's there's stuff about progress and again masculinity and that kind of thing, and I'm just still kind of grasping towards it. and I think it might work its way towards a 10. I'm going with 9 right now. Okay. Next category? Uh, acting. I think the acting is really solid. I think the problems I have with, with Charles Bronson's character and it, it's just the repetitiveness of his aesthetic is is more of a directorial choice than him. So... I, I have no issues with that. Like, you mean the harmonica? Yeah, just, it's just, oh, it's used too much. Like, I, I get it's his, it call, I get I it's his calling it card. But it's but not just his calling card. It's like the thing that specifically connects him to uh, Frank. Like, that's his origin is the is the harmonica. Like, that's that's what defines who he is. Like, so it's not, it's, it's, it's deeper than a calling card, I think. I just, yeah, I just feel like it's just used a little too often and in, I don't know. <laughs> if, it, if it, it's just, to me, it bothered me a little bit. Sure. I just was getting tired of hearing that same riff. I mean, I and, I disagree, but but that doesn't fall. That's not his fault. I think everybody else is fantastic. So acting, I really have no real qualms with. Uh, I will probably give it. Gosh, I liked some of those exchanges with Frank and yeah. uh, the other guy in the train. I oh some of yeah. Oh shoot, what's his name? The 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 guy with all the money. Yeah. Also, there was a weird transition. Did you see that when when uh, when they're at the ranch and you see the the wooden train on the on the mm -hmm. table, and then like yep. one of the next cuts, like it's the it's to, this fancy polished like metal model train in his train yeah, car. Right, right. I thought that was just kind of a cool That's, thing. Yeah. That may, I mean, it probably was intentional, but they didn't make it the focus of the transition. But it just was a good like thing there. But oh, acting. I don't know. I'm gonna give it a eight. I don't think anybody sure. was like, oh my God, like greatest acting job ever, but I had no, I didn't have any real mm -hmm. serious issues with anybody. Um, it's, it's a very, well, that, that character, I just want to talk about that character for a second. His, his whole thing, the fact that he has that painting of the, of the ocean in his, in his room is so great. Yeah. And the fact that he dies in the, this tiny little puddle, um, again, is also just like, it's just perfect. I mean, that's more story centric rather than this category, but um, again, just great stuff. Um, acting, I, again, I, I kind of agree with you in terms of like the acting is all pretty great. Um, I'm trying to think of like a standout performance in terms of like, just like absolutely knocks your heart out. The um, kid. <laughs> I feel like Mc, my, Mrs. McBain kind of 
gets towards that. Um, Henry Fonda just kind of playing a like a jerk, and he's like awful. I, I'm trying to find the humanity in that character or what he's like outside of his just like evil bad guy. I'm I'm working towards it. The, like there's something deeper going on a little bit there. In ter- not not even that he's got a humanity to him. Like but like it's kind of like Anton Sugar in No Country for Old Men that I just mentioned. Like he is. He, I've, I, you're, you're kind of grasp that fact that he's kind of like just a non-thinking, just like killing machine, and then he, he's got that kind of like he's basically the forwarding of the nihilistic ideology. And, just, but there's, but there's that deeper co- subtext to what's happening with him, and I kind of have, am feeling that with Frank. I've only seen this twice. I'm still kind of, I, again, I'm still kind of grasping at it. But the fact that I'm still kind of grasping at it, that to me is the mark of a great film like this. I wish um, I had the sound bite of Mike Wazowski saying, that thing is a killing machine. <laughs> like, I just wish I had that ready to go because that would have been so perfect. Put that thing back where it came from more saw me. Somebody said something about like that, like they to put that back where it came from. I was just immediately was thinking. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> classic, classic, yes. uh, Classic Broadway musical right there. <laughs> it's a musical. Yeah. You know, we need ushers. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Sorry for that. A quick aside. Um, but yeah, but bum, no, bum, I, I bum, think. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, there we go. Um, I'll give eight, uh, acting an eight for the score. Okay. Uh, look and feel next category, right? Oh, 10. This one's easy. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. 10 for that. We don't, I mean, we've already, we've already gone almost over every that. major thing in this has some sort of visual uh, instance around it that is just fantastic in some way, shape, or form. I mean, everything. Yeah. Like great sets. Everything's like out on mm-hmm. in the real world. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just. Everything's I mean, so artistically gonna, done yeah. in so many ways that you almost can't get this movie anything less than a 10 right. out of 10. If you're going to be really nitpicky, there's that one scene on the train where they're going past and his his boot comes down and you can see the the blue screen edge or I don't know what they use but you can see the the fuzzy edges on it from the from the background whizzing by but it's like what but then they have the I thing mean, where the gun shoots out the toe of the boot and you're like oh my god that's so awesome. Or do you, I mean do you do you fall to like <laughs> 101 Dalmatians for doing their weird animation style things yeah. with, with like no, Cruella's I'm, no, car I'm saying when she's driving. Nitpicky, which but, I'm not. Yeah. So yeah, 10 um, out of 10 for that for sure. Uh, and then... Experience, experience, final category. I'm going to give a 10 for this also. I just had, I had a blast with this this time. I, I really did. And and again, especially when those when those witty lines hit and you're just like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. Or the opening sh- opening scene when they got that whole thing with, the uh, with you know, it all plays out and they're just waiting and waiting and the drip, drip, drip the, the fly. And then, he- and then they come out and they're getting ready to shoot him. And then he comes out and he's like, the train goes by. And like, and it's like, oh my gosh! Like yeah, I just does, get does. jacked. Like it's just so much fun. Um, I and wish it's we like, had the visual of your 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 pantomiming there of that. Yeah. Look, and the sound effect is just playing in my head. It's just such a great gun gun sound. Um, gun sound. That's a thing that I feel like is like that feels like it should be easier than it is. But f- so few movies get gun sounds right. Um, I think of I I always go back to Tenet for this. I say whatever you want about that movie the way the guns sound in that movie are so awesome like the way they're just like how about cut, like it's how about perfect. dirty harry not, no no gun ever not, has as much i have not seen it yet you have not seen dirty harry i know i'm ashamed okay well if you want to talk about good gun sound you watch that film his his 44 magnum is like the it is the most it has the most punch 
to that sound that you ever hear. Like, mm. he, you know, he talks about how that thing can, like, you know, blow your head clean off right. or whatever. It really, that, that movie makes it sound like it yeah. really can. Well, yeah, in this and this movie, in, in Once Upon a Time in the West, they oh sound like, the, that gun sounds like a cannon almost. Dude, um, it's, it's, it's just great. that kind of stuff that's I great. I can't believe you've never seen Dirty Harry. Yeah, it's just on the watch list. <laughs> um, of all the movies, of all the classic movies you give me crap about not seeing, like, that's the one that you haven't give seen. Give you crap is not the word that I would use. But. All right. All right. Well, anyways, the uh, overall uh, experience I had with this, I thought it was pretty good. I, wi- I, I kind of wish I could have watched it. Just I, Sometimes those scenes drew out a little far nah, for me. Nah, but I, that's but what's so much fun about it to me. I just me. wish like I could have watched it in like 1.25 times speed no, or something. I, the, just the, the way the t- That's what I was saying earlier though. Like the way the time plays out is what makes it what it is. Like that's, like it's living in the world and if you don't have it play out and if you don't sit there with them and have the the water drip on your hat like that, then it's not the same thing. All right. Well, I, like, I in, love that so I'm much. I'm still giving it an eight. Yeah. I still am giving it an eight. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, I really think this was pretty much an eight across the board movie, except for visuals and sound, in which case any any sort of aesthetic choice in this pretty much was a 10 out of 10. Well, do you want to hear the scores after the break then? Uh, I mean, I'd say for forego the break, let's the just break. go because we're running a little slow on this. So let we can get right into police story once we're done right. with the final score. So, so where are we at? Final scores for Once Upon a Time in the West, we have an 87 out of 100, which puts it at the same score as The Prestige and Ford versus Ferrari, which I'm a little bit surprised by. I think this is a little bit of a better movie than both of those, but or a lot better of a movie. I, the thing that always stuck with me is there's a big plot hole with The Prestige, just about a side character that always bothered me. So I would definitely put this above that just because of that plot hole. But then also, yeah, I liked this. Well, I don't know. Ford versus Ferrari was good. I just... I'm nitpicky about that, and I wish they would have not done the story of the of the Ford GT and instead had done. You gave the, Ford versus Ferrari a 46 out of 50. I know, yeah, because I'm a car guy and I love that. No, but, I know, I know. but I just I f- I really wish they would have done the story of the the Shelby Daytona instead because that also has Ken Miles. It, it's a major thing about Carroll Shelby. It has incredible races that you could go over and. A great story of a car being built from nothing, as well as Ferrari also kind of screwing them over. Hmm. It literally could almost do everything the same. The only difference is there is no big final Le Mans race that they that yeah. they win. So that's that's the only difference. Uh, I should send you this. There's a great video on on the story of the of the Daytona. But uh, all right, so 87 out of 100. That's really high for our ratings. Usually, I mean, that's de- or definitely above average. It's probably like a B plus or B plus A minus kind yeah, of range uh, for us. So next movie is another kind of foreign film, one starring Jackie Chan uh, from the I want to say early 80s. Is it early or mid 80s? Um, what? it was. I would if I had to guess, I would say 81. I don't know if that's gonna be right or not though. 85. 85. I yeah, would I was see. Wrong. It was either gonna be 81 or 84. Were gonna be my guesses. I wasn't sure, but uh, this is Police Story, a action film out of China f- about a guy who <laughs> is one of the better cops on this like special yep. task force and. He has to like protect this girl who they are trying to use for a major case against this. Um, I, I guess you could call him like kingpin in this underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? I can't remember if it's drugs or what he's he's peddling, but it's like 
a major he has a major crime organization around him and they finally catch him and kind of can have a case against him um it's got action it's got comedy it's got kind of romance but more like failed romance yeah for, for, and and it was a lot of fun to watch just yeah. because they really did not shy away from good fight scenes yeah. and and good destruction. Yeah. You want to talk about opening scenes. The opening scene of They're this They're driving is cars just through like, just like 30 buildings <laughs> it's immediately. It's so awesome. Like, it's great. I, I loved that. Um, it has a very... Or the bus scene also. The bus, the bus is scene great. Right, right after that, after they go down the, the hill and stuff, when he's on the on the bus, he's like, go, you missed the thing. Like, the way that Jackie Chan, like, you know... He's uses, a fun guy. He uses action. I know, it's so great. And, like, uses action to create comedy. Like, his body just, like, I don't know. Like, it's just how so much he, fun. Like, I don't know how to describe it otherwise than it's just, like, fun to he's watch He's the him. only one who really does that. He's the only guy I can think of. Like, I don't... But yeah, he just he just does action movies so well. I'm glad we have him, but I I still would have loved to see what we what we would have gotten with like Bruce Lee. But I know that they were in a movie together when they did uh, Enter the Dragon. He mm. was an extra that actually got at, like legitimately hit in the face with the nunchuck. Oh really? And he like they did finish the scene, and then Bruce Lee like went right to him, and J Jackie Chan's like on the record saying like, yeah, I played up how hurt I was because he was giving me this attention, and he was like this big icon to me and all that. So he was just mm -hmm. loving that, but he really did get hit in the face. Uh, but yeah, man, he he he's great. He's a great martial artist. He does all of his own stunts, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I mean, well, did you see the bloopers at the end? With him, you know, just like playing around and stuff, like or not playing around, but like, you know, where he, a lot of times that he he messes up and just like all the times that he tries, oh, yeah, 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 to you know, like he has, it's the like it takes a lot of effort to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, um, but he's always and even in those bloopers, even when he's like you know going over and over and over again, he's still having so much fun with it. Yeah, um, he seems like he'd be just a blast to be on set with. Yeah, definitely. I know there are some people that they say it's like they're terrible on set and they have like these this these bad um, bad uh, reputations yeah. about him. But he, he, I have never heard a bad thing about Jackie Chan, and he does great. I I think he's a lot of fun. I think he kind of works like his comedy has always been the same, no matter what movie he's in. He kind of has this fun, just mm -hmm. lighthearted. I don't I don't know how else to put well, it. He, like when the when his he, his American films are definitely different from his Chinese films. Um, I, like you compare, I, what's the other one that I've seen of his from, from China? It was, um, uh, Drunken Master and I don't think Drunken Master is as good a movie as this, but it's, it's got just about as good, um, like fight scenes and gags and stuff and maybe not as consistent, but like, again, those two films compared to like, uh, you know, his American movies, they're just not, you can tell rush hour. Yeah, or, like or uh, around the, what else was he in around the world in eighty Karate days? Kid, the foreigner, uh, Russia. Well, Spy Next Door. I, I don't know if I'd. I'd oh, put, or the Shanghai Noon. Those movies. Yeah, I don't know if I'd put Karate like, Kid in in his. No, it doesn't really count. That's this, like the one time he's playing a super serious character the whole way through. Yeah, with no jokes. like the so the. <laughs> but I think I where did I hear? I don't remember where I hear this. I don't want to cite something without actually. Uh, Citing where I got it from, but I I remember hearing that basically the way America does movies and Hollywood does movies like doesn't allow him to do the same type of thing that he does in the Chinese movies, where he's like legit th you throwing his body into the the 
the the the way he does things like just like not destroying his body but you know like like literally getting every single part out of it like like smashing things and doing it over and over again and making sure that the that the the choreography even like even aside from just like be, whether it's dangerous or not just like making sure the choreography is right and i think i remember him saying what did i hear him i think i might have heard him say that like once he got to doing hollywood films like they didn't let him have control of the choreography mm. so like he didn't ha they didn't the choreography wasn't as good so that then the the fight scenes just didn't end up being as good and it's just like it's not he's not him anymore yeah he's he's inc an incredibly skilled martial artist yeah and he clearly like when he has input on on the choreography for that it's super solid yeah and and this movie shows it i mean if you want to look at good kung fu choreography this is it yeah i mean and I don't know. I had a blast watching it. I mean, some of the slower parts where his story just kind of was like, okay, I get it. Like, he's kind of a goofball. He can't, he, every time he yeah. talks about well, this girlfriend of his, it's like it always gets worse and worse and worse for her. And, yeah. You know, but... But I, but in terms, like, if we're going to talk about a story, I think the story here, it's not... The, the, it's kind of hard to talk about because the point of this the point of the movie is not necessarily the story, but the story is still really good. I think. Yeah, like you still have an engaging thing with him, kind of like you know in yeah, the getting kicked action, out of the thing, action star movie. Gonna, yeah, yeah, right. And 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 the gags, especially like, I'm thinking of the part where he's at his home yeah. and the girl comes over and stuff like that. And that's 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 all very character centric, but it's still funny. Like it's 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 the gags forwarding the story there, especially. There's also a lot of slapstick um, humor in this. Which yeah. I was surprised about like. You wouldn't think so, but there, but there is, and I don't know. There, there's a lot of interesting. Parts. Or the one where he's like flipping the pencils into the what? What's going? Like, I'm trying to it, when he when he's on the phone and he's like got several phones and he like has to oh, flip the pencil. Yeah. Or he's like he's chewing on the pencil or something like that. Like again, it's just no. Like, he he takes the pencil and he tries to stir his like, or he's using his pencil for his ramen. His oh yeah and, he, yeah, and then he bites the, the he, he yeah eats the racers right. off of it. Right. Yes. But again, that's that's, that's the, good, yeah. But the but the story beat that's happening there is he's trying to he's trying to balance all the different people trying to get information from him because he's you know he's talking to his girlfriend and then the, the guy with the cow that says the wrong thing into the wrong phone yeah he's like got, that like, stuff just is just great it was good and that's <laughs> and that's beyond the physical comedy of the movie like I mean it's still he still has to be physical to do that you know yeah. to, to but like in terms of like it's still it's forwarding narrative momentum and stuff like that do we want to get into um, scores right away then good uh sure we got ten minutes left here ten minutes. Uh, first impression. I thought it was good. There were some things visually that always bother me, and it's not necessarily the movie's fault. It's just literally 1985, like the the time it's being made. Like when they're in the mall, I just hate the look of that mall. Something about it is just so like, it's like you know, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me, kind of. Just how how yes. it looks. But, you know, the, you know when he, when he slide, but when he slides down that pole, though, yeah. well, that's great. Yeah, that's that's cool. I don't know if I would have gone with them. I mean, Smashing clearly the glass, they, they were like, like all right, we shot this from four different angles. We have all this footage. Let's use it, which, all right, fine. But you didn't need to, sh like, what is this, like, sports center here? We're doing action, like, four different angle action replay <laughs> here. Like, come on. It's just it just kind of pulls you out of the moment. Like maybe show it once or twice, but I think they do it like three, maybe even four times. I'm like, good lord, just okay, we get it. You you had this big shot moment here, but like okay, let's keep going here. You still got to get the briefcase, you know. <laughs> um, but just yes, when whenever they're like outside in in the you know in the world, I I didn't mind the look of it, but when they were in some of those buildings, just so corny and the the 
the look just didn't age well with a lot of that. And that kind of bothered me. But I can appreciate some of the act, like the solid action and the comedy. And like, I thought it was pretty funny when, you know, the assassin's in there and then he gets knocked out and he has to like keep using him like weekend at Bernie's here. And, you know, it's yeah. just like, oh, he's still going. And she just keeps beating the heck out of the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like that was good. And and that was the kind of vibe that I, I, I feel like he has in other American movies that he's done, but it, it was still fun. Uh, so I don't know. First impression, I'd probably give it a seven. I... It yeah. was good. Definitely not one of my all-time favorite films, but there was enough in there to keep me engaged, and it, I liked it a lot more than most most foreign films I watch. Yeah, um, I gave this an eight. Um, it's just it, I think this is just a great movie, um, and it's not again like like you said, it's not special to me necessarily, um, but it is about one of the most enjoyable uh, and, and like and not enjoyable in the sense that it's just like boring. Turn your mind off. Put it on a screen to entertain yourself for two hours. It's like it's it's genuinely. Uh, yeah, no, you got to pay it's, attention. It's you, genuinely. Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's it it it's substantive. Like yeah. it it gives you it gives you you're getting something out of it, but it still is it's still a, a genuinely entertaining uh, a time. Even if it's not going to necessarily like stick with you in the same way that something like um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or not Hollywood, well, Hollywood, well, both. both, both might Hollywood or the West. Yes. You pick which one you want to. Once Upon a Time, those, your way both of those really do stick with you. I think. Yeah. Um, so seven for me, eight for you. Next category here, story. I thought the story was all right. It w it did what it had to do. I don't know yeah. if it was anything like incredibly special. I thought that. Some of it probably wouldn't have tied it itself into a bow very nicely. It almost did what Rocky uh, Five did right at the end, where you have the main character like punching a lawyer and then just being like, screw the consequences of this. And then it ends like literally that's what Rocky Five does. And this one does, too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it is about that choice, but it just it was kind of funny to me. Um but it's okay. I don't know. I I just was in this more for the action. I was just like, all right, um, you know, let's go, 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 get to the next action scene. So that's what I was hoping for. So when it was came down to the story, I was just like, whatever. So I'm going to give it a five. Oh, that seems kind of lowish to me. I wasn't, I, I didn't really care. I think, like I said before, I think it's, I think it's competent. Like, like you care enough about him because he has enough charisma himself um, to carry you through uh, his relationship with the, the two different girls. I, um, let me put it this way, Gideon. I loved the action in this. I didn't care about most of the rest of this film. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I think that the, in terms of just like basic story construction, first act, second act, third act, character flaw, yeah. uh, uh, well, opposition, and intention and obstacle, um, like these things, it just has and, and, and develops him as a character. I mean, it's not, again, like I said, it's not going to stick with you. I'll give this a seven. I think because again, I think it's. I think it's. I, I almost might even go to, down to six. I don't entirely disagree with you on this on this front. Because um, you're right. You're not here for the the mind blowing story. Yeah. But but again, you can apply the style of substance apt, a, attitude and say that the action is the story. But again, it's not. It's not the story in the same way that something like Dunkirk is. Like it's not visually driven in terms of like visually yeah. the vision. 
I you, still you, care you know about what I'm saying. I I do. I still care about the characters a lot more in Dunkirk than I do in this. And even Which though I don't think a lot of people would agree with you, but I I do. I don't think I don't think people agree that people that you care about the characters in Dunkirk, which I don't really understand. I do think Nolan has a really empathetic camera in that movie compared to his uh to his his um cold style i think he really does come down to their level in a way that he hasn't before which is which is why it's a little bit surprising to me but just because they don't they don't have character quote-unquote traits whatever yeah so i don't know i give it a five for this you gave it a six next category um acting acting was solid uh i don't i didn't really have too many issues with that i'm gonna say a I'm, i'm between a six or a seven what do you think I I think acting is where this really shines. Like this is this is Jackie Chan's movie, and if without, without his performance, he's good. But I don't know. I feel like, like everybody it's else. His was performance just... that's that's so magnetic. I'm giving this a nine. Mm. Like I really do think this movie doesn't work without him at all. I'll give it a seven for that. Because like if he's not in this movie, like there, it's, it's I don't yeah. It, it it falls flat, and so I think he really does have the like. Not only does he ground it, but he like elevates it to. To this the level is like like because like if this because the story itself can't can't hold this I don't think he's above average but I I felt like everybody else was just kind of not well they there. support him they're not they're yeah, yeah I don't know I look don't, and feel is next category wasn't as consistently good as Once Upon a Time in the West or any other a uh, whole bunch of other movies look and feel that's definitely its lowest for me I thought the music the sets everything was just kind of like really corny and it's just the fault of the style of the eighties mm-hmm. and how it just didn't age well it wasn't an eighties that could age no, well no it's it it's, was like. But it's not an eighties Hollywood movie. It's an eighties. Right. So it looks it's, it's got that it's got that not 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 looks, grime in the way that Once Upon a Time in the West does, but it's got that it looks that, really cheap and artificial. Yeah, no, right. It's kinda it's I think cheap might be the right word because it's like but it's not it's not cheap because you see that you take the the scene where the thing is driving down the entire hill. So it's but it's but yeah. the but the aesthetic is the aesthetic of these Chinese movies is that's kind of what they are. I don't really know how to describe it because I'm not really uh, proficient in in that realm of things. But like the 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 way it looks is is a is a positive too. I love the way this movie is shot. Honestly, um, there's a lot of shots in here where it's just like you're not you're not following him through the 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 houses and stuff especially like the way they're composed and set up and payoff just is all great stuff i feel like their outdoor shots are better than their indoor shots when they're in the inside it's just i couldn't stop looking at where they were at and it just was like Ugh, like why are we choosing mm. this building for this like what why Ugh. Mm, yeah. so i don't know it just bothered me i it, look and feel was pro- and i didn't like the music too too much either so because it kept reusing the same as store all the time so i i don't know i'm gonna give it a three for look and feel oh geez yeah sorry bothered um, me Experience. I think. I think it's a genuinely really shot, well shot movie. I mean, I can. I could show you specific examples for it if you. Had I'm not talking about cinematography. Aids. I'm just talking about set. Well, and, yeah, and cinematography. Other cinematography is part of look and feel, though. I know, but it wasn't enough to all the things that stood out to me were not great shots. They were bad sets. And when something's yeah. a standout like that, that bothers me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Experience is final category. I had an alright time watching it. I, I would say a, a six. It was it was above average, but I I don't feel the need to ever need to watch it again. I don't mm. know. That's how I'm going to put it. Um, I'm going to give this an eight. Again, this like I kind of already touched on this earlier in first impression, but it's again we the categories. I think we might need to change or something. I, that's what because the experience and first impression really kind of are very similar. Um, but I, I did have a really fun time with this. Uh, eight is my score for first and impre- or for experience <laughs> for experience, All right, um, so- which gives us a final score of 67 out of 100, which I feel like is kind of low. 
Um, puts it at the same score as Godzilla versus Kong and Raging Bull, which is okay. <laughs> I enjoyed Godzilla versus Kong a million times more than this, but Raging Bull, I probably would, I would rather watch a police story than Raging Bull for sure. So I don't know. It's in between those. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for tuning in here to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Uh, this has been Script to Screen, and we will see you here next week, same time, same place.